Hey, thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We are MVF Church based out of Heber City, Utah. If you'd like to check out the live recording of this teaching, you can find that at mvfchurch.com. We're glad that you've joined us today, so let's get into the teaching. Right here on this spot, God has given us the opportunity to make history in Wasatch County. With a life-giving, gospel presence, spirit-led, soul-stirring, God-exalting, chain-breaking, hell-shaking, people-changing, family-healing, hope-giving, disciple-making, world-reaching hub right smack in the middle of the Hebrew Valley. We're in the final processes with an architect right now, redesigning our original design and getting that finalized. We, we don't just want a bigger building so we can say, hey, look, we have a bigger building. That's, that's not the point. We, we need it so we can better impact the community the way we want to see God's kingdom impacted. All righty. Why did you decide to get baptized today? Um, well, I want to accept Jesus into my heart and become one of his one of his servants. Good for you. Was the water okay? Yeah. Did you feel good? And when he's telling Timothy to wage the good warfare, he's saying, Timothy, make sure that you're always taking territory from the enemy. See, we're not going to look back and say we're done. We're going to look back and remember how God shows up so that when we move forward, when we press on, we're taking territory from the enemy. I'm already looking around this room and I'm already seeing people where the enemy's flag was planted not very long ago, where you were part of his territory. You believed in him, the lies of the world, and, and I've, I've seen with my own eyes that flag get ripped out of the ground, broken in half, burned in a pile over there or over there. And Jesus' flag planted firmly in their life. service today. Yeah, you can whoop, you can holler, you can you can even amen if you want. We'll get we'll get Pentecostal this morning. All right. Hey, um if we haven't met, my name is Shane, and I'm the lead pastor here at MVF Church, and um, I'm going to be sharing God's Word, this, the message with you this morning, but today is a little bit different. Today is a day, um, it's our grand opening for this building, which is weird. Some of you are like, well, wait, we opened it a while ago, and then we're out of it, and now we're back in it. We're in it. This is real this time, um, but also, it's, uh, you know, we, we had a couple of services trying to work some bugs out. We're not promising they're all out. We're not going to promise that, but we've 
we've, we've done some of that. A lot of people, for a grand opening, though, it means uh, it's a time to really push into the community and invite a lot of people from the community. Here's the deal. We're going to do that for Christmas Eve and Easter. Uh, we, those are times where people are already looking and seeing and thinking about if they want to go to check out a church. We wanted today to be more about celebrating what God is doing, what God has done in MVF, reminding us of how God has moved through this church, and also taking time to look forward to what God is going to continue to do. So can we do that this morning? All right. A lot of people put a lot in to get us to this place. And so like I said, today is a day to celebrate. So feel free. When you hear something that's exciting to you or something that you want to celebrate, do it, okay? Do it, do it out loud, all right? I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear those things um, you're, that will actually just bless and encourage those who were a part of different things. I think that's great. We're going to start with a little trivia, though. Some of you answered some of these questions online this week, and we'll see how you did um, and see how some of you guys do. So real quick, um, if you think you know the answer, let's put the first question up. MVF Church started in what year? Anyone here think they know the answer? Raise your hand if you think you know the answer. Anyone? Come on, someone who... You think you know me? All right, go. 2008. Yeah, very good. Yeah, 2008. Okay, so if you were on there in 2008, you were right. All right. Um, where is MVF's second campus? Anyone? Wyoming. Which part? Bridger Valley, Bridger Valley. Yeah, we can do it that way. You'll just chat them out. I like that. Yeah, Bridger Valley. Which, by the way, very cool. We're, we're doing our uh, grand opening service today. They, today, for the first time, their first week ever, are moving to two services because they've outgrown the building and they're now in two services. If any of you remember the Airbnb room, it, their building's about that size. All right. Um, what's, what was the average attendance during our first year at MVF? Anyone want to shout out a number? 37. Anyone else? 78. 78 we got, was our average attendance at, at our, our first year at MVF. That's adults and children, everybody. Which around here meant about 14 adults. Um, anyway. <laughs> All right. How many people attended our Easter service at the Zermont in 2018? Anyone want to guess? 1,750. Do I hear anything else? All right. It was 750. 750. 750 people attended the first sermon, the Zermont Easter service, which was a very cool thing for us. We did that as a, as a way to kind of show the congregation that there was a need for us to have a bigger building because we were on Easter services, we would run four or five services in the small building to accommodate everybody. And a lot of times people don't get like, oh, well, there's that many people that go to church here. In fact, the cool thing was by everyone we've talked to, and you, you know, feel free to correct me if I'm, we're wrong on this, if you know something else, but from everyone we've ever talked to, that was the largest gathering for sure of, of Christians in the Wasatch back at one time. But I've also heard from many people outside of the, that it was the largest gathering in Utah outside of anything in Salt Lake and, and Utah County. So that was a pretty cool thing. 
<clears throat> All right. Other than myself, who has been on staff the longest? She is old, so I get why you would say that. Well, there she is. <laughs> All right, anyone else? Michelle. Michelle's actually been on staff the longest. Ashley just pretends she is uh, most of the time. She, she is officially now, but she works like she is even when she's volunteering. So, all right. <laughs> uh, so that was, that was fun. Thanks for playing along. Um, we had a bunch of others. Most of them were demeaning to me, though, so we didn't put them up. All right. Well, hey, you know, one thing I do feel like is missing in our culture is taking time to remember and celebrate what God does. You know, the Israelites were great at it. They had feasts and festivals all built around just remembering God's movement in their life and looking back at how God had worked and, and reminding themselves of the promises of God in their life. And I don't feel like we do that enough. So I really want that to be about what today is. And I'm going to be honest. I put so much in here that when I went through it, it was a nice, cozy hour and 40-minute sermon. And uh, I had to kind of <laughs> knock a lot out. So I, we don't have time to even get close to covering all the stuff I'd like to cover. We don't have time to get even close to talking about all the people I'd like to talk about. All the people who have given and sacrificed and, and just served wholeheartedly and done so much to get MVF where we're at today. We don't have time to talk about every little thing we've seen God move in. So I'm just going to cover some stuff, and I hope for any, if anything, it brings back some stuff for you <clears throat> if you've been around for MVF for a while. And if you're newer, I kind of hope it just kind of encourages you and helps you see that God is on the move here and it makes you excited about here. Because I don't know about you, but I do love our church. And, and that's what this sermon is basically titled is, it says, I love my church. But the more I thought about it this week, I thought, you know, I really, it really should be our church. Because yes, when you go to a church, it's your church, it's my church, but it's our church. A church is always a collective group of people. It, it should always be spoken of in the context of community because that's what church is. And so this morning, I want to talk about a few things that I hope we can all say, we love about our church. The first is our church's story. I love our church's story. Uh, I, when I look at our church's story, it to me is just a step-by-step -step piece of seeing God in action. Everything from when my wife and I got called here and, and we literally, after leaving here for a weekend and talking to all these different people, we looked at each other in the eye at the same time and we're like, if this is not God's will, we give up trying to figure out what God's will is. But after coming here, we started a Bible study. And uh, that Bible study was started in our home. And after a few months, it grew too big for our home. And we moved it to this, <coughs> this bed and breakfast up on the hill by the uh, community college. And we ended up meeting in that bed and breakfast for a little over a year. Now, I'm just going to ask real quick. If you, came, if you started coming to MVF when we were at the bed and breakfast, can you stand real quick? Come on, don't be shy. A few of you, did Mark stand? He did, yep, all right. Yeah, that's awesome. 
All right, a few people. Thank, and, and thank you guys so much for being so faithful to MBF and, and, and still being a part of this. And, um, and d- during that time, it was, you know, if you remember back there, man, the, it, was, it was crazy. We were squinched into this room that was, you know, probably meant to have about 40 people. And we, we grew to about 80 overall uh, at that time. And the kids were in that dank, wet basement, I remember. Um, and uh, the parking was horrible. And, and the, the road, if when it got icy, you just had to like give the other person in front of you like 100 yards, otherwise you'd smash into them. I think there were a couple fender benders. <clears throat> but we got through it. But we grew to a point where we knew we got to, had to find something else, and, and we ended up moving to the clock tower building on Main Street. And that was an awesome piece, place for us. They had real parking and had real bathrooms. And had, had, uh, we had like tw- twice the space uh, for meeting. And the kids had a big open space. And that served us really well. And, and it, it, was, it was a good place. There was a lot of great memories were created there. Um, and that's when we started things like our, our, our Christmas outreach party, if you remember. And, um, the uh, midweek... Uh, the mid, uh, midweek neighborhood adoption and, and food program that we later on turned over to the Christian Center. Um, that's when we started taking our kids up to Big Canyon Camp. In fact, if you ever went to Big Canyon Camp, can you just applause? Anyone? Applause? All right. All right. Um, and we've taken, we've taken now a couple hundred students to that camp. Um, that's when we started partnering with Honduras. Anyone, anyone go to Honduras with us ever? Just three of you? Only three people have ever been to Honduras? That is weird because we've taken like 80 of you. So anyway, um, it was during those times that we started our, our sports camp and we ran sports camps and then which later on when we moved here turned to VBS. And, and we've had well over a thousand kids come through those camps over the years. Michelle and I estimated between her time running the children's ministry and before that, that it's been at least 500 completely different kids that, you know, because you get double registrations over the years and stuff, but at least 500 different kids hearing the gospel, many of them for the first time through MBF. And all of those things happened at that time in Main Street, those first three and a half, or the, 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 from the year two to about year four there on Main Street. So I'm just going to ask one more time, if you started attending MBF on Main Street, can you, can you just stand? I, we wanna, I, we'd love to see that. <laughs> yeah, a few of you. All right. <clears throat> so thank you as well for your faithfulness. Then we've also saw stuff happen over the years, like our Camus campus and our Gateway campus and, and the, the jail ministry and working with Loving Utah. Over the years here at MVF, we've, we've brought seven people into their very first full-time ministry. People that never served in ministry before into their first full-time ministry. So several of them going on now to do other ministry in other churches. And during that time there, we got to a place where we believed we needed to find a more permanent place. We needed to buy land. That, that Hebrew was growing, it was getting more expensive, that we, sh- we should start looking. So we spent quite a bit of time looking for land. And after several months looking for land, we gave up. Because we just realized as a church of, at that time, we had grown to about 130 people, that there was just no way we could sustain our, our rent, 
paying a mortgage and then also maybe eventually either doing a mortgage on the land and then either doing a remodel or building a building. And so we prayerfully gave up the search and just said, God's going to have to put something in front of us. You ever have God do something in your life that you know he was just waiting for you to give up trying to make it happen? The very next day, I'm not going to share a lot of God moments, but I'm going to share this one because this was big. The very next day, a a realtor walked into my office. He said, hey, are you guys still looking for land? And I was like, "Ah, it's a long story, but not really. And he goes, oh, okay. And I'm like, well, why? (laughs) And he goes, I just, I had this one property. It's kind of unique. I thought it might work for you. And I was like, let's go. You know, so I get in the car and we, we go look at it. And I remember driving down to the building for the first time. This picture shows with all the trees removed. There were probably another 30 trees out there. But driving down, it, 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 it literally looked like you were going back to some like cult building or something like you know the 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 bridge was super narrow with no side rails it was all dirt and the trees were all way overgrown and it it, no one had been in the building for a few years so it was kind of just getting not great and uh I was like well this is you know it's cool property it's right in the middle of town um looking for the potential in it I go in and it was a house and I thought well, it's a house, but, you know, I could definitely see the, the structure, the bones of a church, how it could work. And it was about twice the amount of space that we were in currently. And I was like, well, I was like, this is awesome, but like, how much land is it on? He's like, 10 acres. I was like, well, there's just no way we can afford it. What, what do they want? And he goes, well, last year they listed it for 1.8 million. And I was like, like I said, like we, <clears throat> it's just not going to happen. And I was like, thank you, but, you know, and uh, he's like, well, listen, listen. He goes, they kept following the market now, and they eventually lost it to the bank, and the bank put it up a couple months ago for a million. And I was like, okay, that's better. That's better, but that doesn't help me. And, and he said, well, last month the bank dropped it to $7.99. I thought, $7.99? It's, it's 6,000 square feet, 10 acres. I was like, I, Okay, I, I mean, that's definitely, that's something I could go to. The, he goes, hang on, Shane, I'm not done. Last night, they dropped it to $5.99. And I immediately called our leadership team. And I, I, I worked all day to kind of set up, like, here's what it could look like, blah, blah, blah. And I had him come down that night. And I basically told him that night, I said, you, you guys only have one decision to make are we owning this property or am I going to own this property? <laughs> no joke. Cause I said, we're not buying this. I'm definitely buying this. So, um, so we, we made, we made the offer. We ended up getting for under five ninety nine. but, but, but it was a step of faith because even at that point, it was a huge step of faith because yes, it was great. But when we were done with the down payment, we had $13,000 in the bank as a church to cover all of our bills, or payroll, any, anything and everything we needed to do. And we still needed to do a remodel. Everybody pitched in and made that remodel happen. It was all done completely volunteer. Yeah, that's see, you can celebrate that stuff. And that leads me to the next thing. I love our church's faith. I love the faith of our church. Like I said, we got down to $13,000 in a bank account. 
We took 18 months to do this build out. And during that time, every week, Dan Gritton was running the, the numbers. And every week, he and I would get together and I'd go, okay, do we have enough to pay bills? What, what kind of things can we do? Can we do anything extra? Can we paint? Can we do something? But God came through. And we saw growth every step of the way. One of the ways that we saw growth, one of the things we saw God come through in is by bringing the right people. God brought us some awesome people during that time. <clears throat> people that took on different areas and different ministries. People that had a heart and a vision for it. And one of those people was in the area of children's ministry. It was at that time that God brought us Michelle Burchart. And she came on staff. Yeah, you can celebrate, Michelle. <laughs> she came on staff not long after we, we started meeting this new building. I mean, in the, that new building. And we have seen the ministry do some great things under her leadership. We, I don't know if you've ever, if you don't have kids and you've never gone to the back, you need to just someday walk in the back and see the, the room that we were shoving 45 kids per service sometimes in. And it was all happening because Michelle was creating an awesome ministry. Now, I got to ask, did you at all know that this was coming? Not until Shay said something. Okay. 30 minutes ago. Okay, we did it. We did it. That's good. <laughs> but this all happened under her leadership. And Michelle, is, I, I believe, totally has been a godsend for MVF Church and myself as a pastor and leader. Do you know how awesome it is as a pastor to stand outside of church and watch people come out with their kids and them tell me that their kids love coming to church? That is an awesome blessing, and it is a lot of it is because of her leadership. But, you know, Michelle didn't do all that by herself. Michelle had a lot of people to come alongside her and help her. So I also want to ask, if you served under Michelle as a leader, as a teacher, as an aide, or maybe just helping her get stuff together. Can you stand for a second? Come on, I know it was more than four. Keep standing, stand. Yes, and then can we give them a hand? <clears throat> a ministry like that is not built on the back of one person. It's built on the back of a team of people that come alongside and decide something is important. And so the thing that Michelle, I feel, always brought to the table was keeping it in front of people of how important of a ministry it is. And we saw the, the, the attendance of VBS grow up, go get bigger. I th think we reached over 100 a couple of years Yep, we reached over 100 in VBS a couple of years. Our weekly average attendance has continued to grow. And Michelle has been a true blessing. And I personally, Michelle, I just want to thank you as a leader because not only do you handle the, the have you handled the children's ministry awesome, but you've taken on a lot of just the, the love and support of the vision of MVF Church. And as a leader, there's something very powerful about knowing you have a few people under you that always have your back. And I've always felt that with Michelle. And so she's been a blessing to me personally with her commitment to the vision of this church and the families and as well as to myself. And so I want to thank you for that. Now, a lot of you don't know this, but um, Michelle actually resigned as the children's leader about a year and a half ago. And she was gracious enough to stay until I could find a replacement um, because she cares so much about the ministry. But then over that time, she basically said, hey, I know we're looking for an admin. Is it, would it be cool if I moved to the admin position? And I was like, yes, 
That would be awesome if you moved there. So she is now our admin. And uh, Michelle, I just want to thank you so much. Michelle's just one person, though, and there's so many others that have stepped into places like that, that have just said, hey, I see that this needs to be done for this church to be all that God can make it be, and I'm going to step in, and I'm going to pour my heart and soul into it. <clears throat> and I know there's so many more of you, and like I said, we just don't have time. I wish I could have individuals, one after another, just come up here and me talk about them for two to three minutes. I know I'd miss a few of you, um, but I also want you to know your roles have played an important part of getting us to this point. We would not be here if it weren't for people that are sitting all throughout here and people that aren't here, some that have moved away, some that have moved away and, and still give to the ministry, some that have moved away and still in some ways help serve because they care about what God is doing here. And it's not because we know we're this great bunch of people. It's because we know we serve a great God. God got us to this point. And it's been tough, I'm not gonna lie. This, it's been tough. You know, we decided in 2018 that we needed the new building and, and we, we did that big thing at Zermatt. And we saw all those people and people got behind it and we, people, we, we did the fundraising and people got behind it financially. And by 2019, we were at a place where we were choosing an architect and we were, we were uh, uh, getting the, the plans drawn up and ch then choosing a builder. <clears throat> we chose our builder at the beginning of 2020. Some of you might remember something happened in 2020. Not just weeks after we chose our builder, COVID hit. And now we shut the doors of the church for a few weeks. And we're like, what do we do? And while the doors of the church were still shut, the leadership made the decision that God did not tell us to stop. God called us to keep moving. And so we decided to break ground. And we broke ground and those years, for a few years there, were some of the scariest years I've ever had in ministry. You know, we're, we're building a new building, a bigger building, while our congregation in 2021 was 30 to 35% smaller than it was when we'd started. Why? Because you couldn't do anything right in COVID. We had people mad and left us in COVID because we shut the doors for a few weeks. And then we got people mad and left us when we opened them because we didn't care about people. So it didn't matter what we did, right? People, people got mad, plus a lot of people moved. So we lost a lot of our congregants to moving. And we're, we're trying to convince people that we need a new building. And we, we're, we're half full in our old one. Those are those times you're sitting there going, Hey, God, are you sure? Because I don't want to look like an idiot. We made some mistakes along the way. I mean, you couldn't have built at a worse time. We, we just couldn't have. You, you, you could just close your eyes on a map of the last century and just 
pinpoint, and we would have definitely hit one of the three worst times. But I believe God's hand was in it. You ever get through something, and then you look back and you go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. See, because here's the deal. Had we waited, it wasn't going to get a lot easier to build in Heber. I don't know if you've noticed, but things aren't going down in prices. Anyone picking up on that? <clears throat> and, and this new high school that's going to be right next to us in two years from now, do you know how many Christian churches in Utah are right next to a high school? Not many. Not many. And we're going to be right next to the brand new high school. The opportunities we're going to have to minister to the students and faculty are awesome. Half the valley is going to see us every day. God put us here. And we wouldn't be prepared. Hebrew, get, nobody knew, but as soon as COVID was over, Hebrew started blowing up. We wouldn't have been prepared. We would just now be, be getting where we were two years ago, and we'd be playing catch-up the whole time. And it'd still be costing us more. So yeah, we made some mistakes. It was a struggle. It was, it was definitely a time where I, where I know I was scared. Anyone, any of our leaders scared? Was it just me? <laughs> but you know what? We saw over the last year, this, both the services filled up again. In fact, this last summer was the first summer in our history as a church that our attendance numbers during the summer were actually growing. Last two weeks, we've hit record number of attendance at MVF Church. But you still have to ask, well, why would we do it? Why would we go through all this work? Because, you know, quite frankly, it would have been really easy for us to go, hey, man, we got a building. We're in the top 10% of church, church, Christian churches in Utah. We own our own building. Did you know that? It's only 10% of Christian churches in Utah that own their own property and building. <clears throat> we could have said, this is cool. We're already bigger than, when we planted this church, people said, hey, Shane, the first 10 years, it's never going to grow past 100. And, you, and before you retire, it will never pass 200. And I was like, that's cool. That, that'll be fun. That'll, that, it's, it's in a cool place that I want to see God move. That, that's cool. If that's how he moves, that's how he moves. So it would have been really easy to just go, this is good. Let's just hold on to this. But you see, that's one of the, I think, the worst things Christians can do. Is they get to a place and they say, hey, let's just keep thinking back of what God did instead of looking forward to what God's going to do. I don't know if you've ever heard of a guy named Bob Goff. He's like one of my heroes. There's another guy named Louis Giglio who just died um, last year that I had the chance to, to uh, hear. The, these guys are guys that, till, like, literally, they're at the end of their lives. They're still like, let's see what God's going to do. Let's keep moving. One of the worst things that can happen to a church is they get to a point and they go, hey, remember the good old days? We should be looking forward to the good new days to come. So that's why we did it. And we did it in faith that God is going to keep moving, that God is not finished, that God has something to do with MVF. <clears throat> well, let me just share one more thing that I love. I love our church's vision. 
I love our church's vision. I'm going to have Patrick just play some baptism pictures. And as you're looking at these pictures, you look at the pictures and you can listen. But these pictures remind me of our vision. These pictures remind me of why we do what we do. These pictures remind me, we don't have a bigger building to have a bigger building. We don't have a bigger building to have a more comfortable building. We don't have a bigger building to have a building that looks cool. We have a bigger building because there are more people that we need to keep seeing, meet Jesus, and have a relationship with him, and live in the freedom of Christ. And that's what baptism represents for me. We can only find seven, um, wait, we can only, there's two years missing? Two years. There's two years missing of our baptisms. And then there's some individual single ones that have happened over the years that we don't have pictures of. But with just the pictures we have, that's 170 people that we've seen make first-time decisions for Christ at MVF Church. If we miss, yeah, that's, see, that's, that's celebration. Um, with missing a couple years, I would bet that number is well, much closer to 200. And I believe that's just the beginning. I believe God is calling us to more. Because these pictures represent people that live in this world. And I don't know if you know, if you've picked up on this, but we seem to live in a world where there's a lot of people who are broken. There's a lot of people who are wounded. There's a lot of people who are hurt. They're scared. They're anxious. And we want them to meet Jesus and break free of those things. That's why we're here. And I believe that God has called us very specifically in VF Church for a very specific vision in that. We live in a valley where there's a lot of people in this valley. Maybe you've moved here, you came from a different church, or maybe you were raised here and you were hurt by the church here. But they just are carrying so much hurt from church that... They, they feel rejected. They feel wounded. They feel like they're not good enough, like they don't ever measure up. And we want to be the church that restores trust in God and his church for so many people. Now, in order to do that, there's a few things we're going to need to love. Now, we love you know, there's some things that as Christians, we're all called to love. We're all called to love God's word. We're all called to love God. We're all called to love vegetables. Just kidding. Not all of it. Right. <clears throat> you should, but anyway. Um, but but uh, we're all called to love some things. But there's some very specific things. If you're going to be a part of the MVF church vision that you're called to love. One of those is we're called to love welcoming the wounded. We need to love welcoming the wounded. Do you remember when Matthew gave, started following Jesus? He threw a party, right? And who came to that party? A bunch of sinners, a bunch of tax collectors. The people, that the religious people looked down on. And, and, who, and what did they say? The religious people were like, oh, Jesus, why do you hang out with these people? And Jesus said, I hang out with them because I came for the sick. I'm a doctor. I came for the sick. See, Jesus wanted to be with the wounded because he knew the wounded needed him. See, we need to, if we're going to be a church that restores hope to people, restores trust in God, we got to be a people that not just says, okay, yeah, we will let those people come. We got to love welcoming people. It has to be something we're excited about doing. 
I don't know about you, but do you want to go to a hospital? They walk, you walk in, they go, oh, you know what, you're a little too sick. No. We got to love welcoming the wounded. And I just want to say, if you're here today and you're wounded, you're hurt, you feel rejected, you feel broken, you feel damaged, you feel unwanted, you're welcome here. Because you see, God doesn't want you to be defined by your past mistakes. He doesn't want you to be defined by those really bad decisions you've made in your life. He doesn't want you to be defined by the sin in your life. He wants you to be, de- de- be defined by your identity in him. And we want to share that with you. We want to teach you what that looks like and help you understand that. Another thing, we need to love reaching out. <clears throat> we need to love reaching out. See, so often churches get to a point where we're like, okay, we know we need to reach out. And then we go like, hey, I, I have a church. You want to come? And then we, ah, you know, that's my reach out. I did it. And we need to love reaching out to this, this community. And guess what? Love reaching out means we also love that the church doesn't do everything we like it to do. Because guess what? People in the world don't always like to do what you like to do. Because you can be boring. They, 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 you know, we like things to stay the way it was when it was important to us, right? I remember growing up hearing that about hymns. Oh, the music today, just, it's not the same as it was when it was the hymns. Then there's people my age, oh, the music today, it's just not as good as those choruses. Those choruses when we just, you know, they was just straight out of scripture. Music changes, why? Because people change, life changes. It's not going to stay the way we like it sometimes, it's, it's going to change. And we've got to be okay with that. We've got to be always looking for how are we going to reach out to people. And quite frankly, as a church, some of you are not going to like this statement, but I want you to challenge me on it. Think about it. I think we need to be willing to do anything short of sin to reach people for Christ. I think we need to do anything short of sin to reach people for Christ. And that means I don't care if we like it. I don't care if we think it's important. Jesus put us on a mission, best I can tell. And we need to be about it. We need to reach the world or die trying. That's one of the reasons kids ministry is so important. You know, one of the main reasons we did this is because we knew the kids needed more room. We knew it needed more room. Why? Because kids' ministry is so important to who we are. Because more people give their life to Christ before the age of 21 than any other time in life. And I think now more than ever, the devil is at work trying to raise the flag high over our li- the lives of our kids. And we need to take as much ground as we can. Another thing we need to do is we need to love celebrating. <clears throat> we got to be a church who loves celebrating. Have you ever been to church that doesn't love celebrating? Some of you know. You have. There are Christians that you're like, hey, do you know that Jesus wants to give you joy? Well, then tell your face, right? <laughs> like, because there are a lot of Christians that are like, they're just looking for something to be bugged about, looking for something to be mad about, looking for something to criticize. I'm just going to be honest right now. If you're looking for things to criticize, you're going to be bummed here because we're not going to let you do it that much. Or we're going to let you do it all day long and we're just not going to care. 
We want to be look, churches looking for places to celebrate, things to be excited about, things that God is doing. Yeah, there's a lot going on in this world. I'm, I'm not, there, this, this world is a downer right now. And there's some heavy stuff happening. And we talk about it a little bit. We're going to talk about it. But I'll tell you what, I'm gonna, we're going to keep focused on what God's doing. That's where we're going to keep our eyes. We need to celebrate. Do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that when one person gives their life to Christ, heaven rejoices. Heaven rejoices. And I'll tell you, I don't think we rejoice enough. I don't think we do. It becomes blasé to us. See, when you're part of a church of 35, it's super exciting when one person gives their life to Christ because like, you, like it's very obvious. And you're like, wow, look at that. But when you're a church of 300 and someone gives their life to Christ, it, people just kind of like, yay. But it's just as exciting. Heaven's rejoicing just as much. Why aren't we? And guess what? When you're a church of 3,000, same thing. We should be rejoicing, looking for things to celebrate. Be a celebrator. Look for where God is on the move. Not just as a church as a whole, but in your own individual life. Be looking for things to thank God and giving him step, giving him glory for every little step of the victory. Fourth, we need to love to say yes. <clears throat> we need to love saying yes to God. Love saying yes to God. We need to be like Peter. Remember Peter walked on the water? That was cool, huh? Yeah, he sunk. So what? He's the only one that got out of the boat. The rest of them, none of them sank, but they didn't do nothing either. I'll sink all day long if I get a chance to walk on the water. And that's the kind of church we're going to be. Because here's what I found out. God does not call equipped people. God equips called people. See, God is calling us, and if we will step, he'll equip us. But we got to make decisions a step. Do you think I knew how to preach when I became a preacher? Nope. I had never preached. I wasn't like, oh, I'm so equipped to do this. I was scared. You think I was equipped to plant a church like I had run churches before? Nope. See, when you step out, God will equip you. But you got to take steps. And when you step out, you're going to sink. So what? So what? That's not failure. God's not, God's not bummed that you failed. He's excited you took a step. We got to be willing to get out of the boat. We got to say yes to God. And finally, and I'll close with this we got to love to give God glory. We got to love to give God glory. Like I said, we were told we would never see this church pass 200. I don't think that's because we did something amazing. I don't think that's because I think I'm just this amazing communicator. I don't think that's because we just have this top of the line worship band that Chris Tomlin raised up. Some of you know what I'm, who that is. I don't think it's because we had some denomination behind us that threw half a million dollars to get us going. I think it's because God wanted glory.
and God gets the glory. Us taking credit for what we're doing would be like the little kid who brought the fish to the feeding of the 5,000 saying, hey, look what I did. It'd be like when Peter, when Jesus told Peter to throw the net in and, he, and the, boat, the net was so full he couldn't, catch the, couldn't pull him into the boat. If Peter would have said, oh, Jesus, a good thing you told me to do that, no one else would have caught this. We can't take the credit. It's to give God the glory. We need to be a church that looks for what God is doing, celebrates it, and passes it on, and inviting others to experience it with us. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for loving us. God, thank you for allowing us to be a part of this with you. God, for having a vision to see your church, a church that gives glory to you, right in the center of the Hebrew Valley. God, we humbly come before you and we ask that you would use us. We come with fear and trembling before you and we thank you for what you're doing. And we pray that you would help us to be your vehicles, to invite others into this party. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you enjoyed this teaching, we would love to have you join us for a live gathering. We are located at 271 North, 600 West in Heber City, Utah. If you need more information about us, including our gathering times or previous teachings, you can find all that at mvfchurch.com. And make sure you follow us on social media too. See you next time. Thank you.